welcome to the first ever bonus episode of Fully Booked. I'm Megan. And I'm Shireen. And we're starting you off with a doozy <laughs> over here. So, a bit of background. Um, Megan and I... Yeah, just... we need to explain ourselves. <laughs> so, I have a history of reading trash. And <laughs> I have a much higher tolerance for it than Megan. Um, yeah. And I got to tap out eventually. <laughs> about a year ago, we discovered this very interesting streaming platform ran i don't know if she owns it but i think um, so she's like the ceo of the company is she okay so uh tosca musk you might recognize the last name because she is the sister of um you know the world's most i don't know genius right now elon billionaire (laughs) elon musk um and so tosca has a streaming platform called passion flicks which um is what it sounds like (laughs) (laughs) so they create film adaptations of i guess romance novels of shitty romance novels and they make them into shittier movies (laughs) they just take the source material and they roll with it they don't really adapt it to the screen um there's a lot of um head scratching involved when you watch these i need to i need to take a look at who is credited as screenwriter on these movies because I'd like to understand whether or not they got paid a lot of money for it because they did not do much screenwriting. I I agree. Um, And we have proof of this now because I took one for the team and decided to read Gabriel's Inferno um, after we watched... Not only part one, but part two and part three. We're on to like part six at this point. Okay. Are we on part six? Yeah. So <laughs> the Gabriel's Inferno series book wise, I think they began publication in 2011 or mm-hmm. something. And there are four books in the series. And so what Passion Flakes has decided to do for some reason, because we don't cut corners around here, <laughs> is they've taken each individual book, at least so far, and they're adapting it into three separate films that make up one book per so- Three fucking movies. So that means that we're in for 12 movies and we are invested at this point. Yeah, I think, you know what? We're just never going to stop no matter how bad they get because I just need to get to the end of it. And then I will feel a sense of accomplishment having watched 12 movies. It's a a sad sense of accomplishment. I'll hang my head in shame, but I will be there. (laughs) And so as we watch these, I think we're on part six, like you just said, or maybe part five. I don't know. Which is like part two of the second book, basically. It's like halfway through the second book yeah. um you know we watched these movies and at one point megan just turns to me and says i need to know what is happening in the books because these movies make no sense no they're really bad like we've watched so we've, we've watched some other stuff on passion flicks oh, yeah and i can follow them a little bit more clearly like even though again there doesn't seem to be much real like screenwriting going on i can fi- this is when you really appreciate a good screenwriter when you watch movies <laughs> like this i can I can follow the story a little bit more and stuff and it's not too hard to keep up with. But these, I felt like when we were watching them, I was like, okay, these books must have so much inner dialogue monologuing happening that gives you context that is not translated to screen whatsoever. And I needed to understand it a bit more. So Shireen decided to help everybody out (laughs) and take one for the team. And she's decided to read all four of these fucking books. So I'm halfway through book two. And I will admit that there's been a lot of um, page skipping because um, as much of a high tolerance I have for trash, this is, this one takes the cake. Um, 
The author is named, what's his uh, name? Sylvain Renard, or at least that's the, the pseudonym, pseudonym that's used. It's a pseudonym as far as I know. This person is a Canadian author. These books are set in Toronto. Correct. Um, this person, I know their name is Sylvain Renard, or at least that's the name they use. He identifies as male, and I think otherwise uses the pseudonym, which I kind of understand. I might not, not want people to know that I was writing <laughs> these books either. Um, my theory after reading one and a half books in this series is that um, they took Twilight and Fifty Shades of Grey, put it through a computer, and somebody just edited it to yeah. sound more human. Yeah, they like spit out just a, <laughs> a whole thing. Oh man, I don't I'll, know. I'll give you an example. Um, while in Twilight, there's you know the danger of vampires all flocking towards the main character and Edward having to protect Bella. For sure. Um, in Gabriel's Inferno, there's a bunch of dangerous dominatrixes who are flocking to the main character who needs protection yeah, by Gabriel. Yeah, but, but Gabriel's not a dominant in any way. Well, <laughs> no. I mean, he is, but he's just an asshole. It's, yeah. di- it's not the same thing. No, being not. a controlling piece of shit and being a dominant are two different things. <laughs> and so basically... Um, We've got our main character, whose name is, it escapes me because I just don't care. Oh, Julia. <laughs> yes, Julianne. So her official name is Julianne, but she asks to be called Julia by everyone. She's um, this very doe-eyed, meek, mousy, mousy individual who, um, when you watch the movie, you're very frustrated. Think but like, think Anastasia Steele in Fifty Shades of Grey. Like it's a lot of worse. I kind of, yeah. She's like even less of a backbone if that's possible. Yeah. And you know, when you watch the movie, you're like, why is this person so like mousy? What's wrong with them? Yeah. But then you read the book and, and you get a little bit more background and you're like, okay, but still I, I wish you had a bit more going for yeah, you. Yeah. It's like a dominant thing but not really it tries to be so many different things but we are here because apparently we want to talk about Canadian smut so let's get into (laughs) it we're gonna go through this one step at a time so everybody else can suffer along with us and let's talk about Gabriel's Inferno part Part one one. Miss Mitchell see me in my office after class and since this is not going to work find another supervisor or transfer departments or better yet university I'm starving. You're joining me for dinner. Tell me why, after everything you've said to me, should I join you? Why did you start studying Italian? I became interested in Italian literature, in Dante and Beatrice. What is going on between you two? We should probably play Lacrimosa. I'm going to let it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to add it. Do it. Okay. So, um, yeah. So, this is the story of Julia Mitchell, who Oh, that's it. I couldn't even remember her last name. I've already forgotten so many of the story beats in this. I know. Um, She is a master's student at the University of Toronto. Um, and really kudos to this author for putting a whole bunch about Toronto in these books. Yeah, they do. Well, this person's definitely Canadian because oh, like, and, you know, when you watch the movie, you're like, oh yeah, look at that. There's the streetcar. Yeah. We're in Toronto. We're at U of T. Yeah, we're doing totally this. We're did, doing that. Yeah, they did really a great fun. job. Um, and so I will give them that. And Julia is in the Department of Italian Studies focusing on Dante for her thesis. Yes, hence the whole Gabriel's Inferno. Also, side note, every single one of these movies so far has pretty much the same opening credit sequence and 
they play Mozart's Lacrimosa, like the Requiem at the beginning of each of them, which is in and of itself the first point that I found confusing because isn't Lacrimosa something that's meant to be played at funerals and it's like about yes. death and yes. things and it has a really deep, dark meaning. So, I mean, unless you're telling me, I mean, we can all see, I guess that's the state of this relationship in these fucking books, but yep. yeah, it's just, it's nuts. I don't know why that's something that happens, but what is it at the beginning? Julia's in a lecture and she's yes. daydreaming or doing whatever she's doing. She's, um, so in the book, what's happened is she's been through a few classes already. And when she went into day one of her courses, she knew that Gabriel was going to be her professor, but what she didn't know was if he was going to recognize her or not. And so you're kind of in this situation where you're like, why would he recognize So I you? feel like, yeah, so I feel like we almost need to give back story kind of to it. So something that I don't know how the book works because I can't, um, <laughs> but in the movie, there's like an immediate sort of, there's like a knowledge after about five, 10 minutes that she knows who Gabriel is. And you're like, okay, why though? Yeah. And, you know, we'll get to that in a little bit, but, um, you know, just put it this way. If he were a vampire, this story would make so much more sense. Yeah. He needs to be like a shitty Italian version of Dracula. (laughs) You know what? I'd watch it. It would probably be pretty good. I would too. Yeah. It'd be fun. Uh, and so Gabriel's being like a full on dickwad. Oh, you immediately know what this character is like. Oh yeah. You hate him. Cause he's like called on her to answer a question. I guess she wasn't paying attention. Right. And then he's like asking her if she understands English. Like he's pretty full on with his asshole. I have never, I have, okay. Like university professors can be assholes, whatever. That's fine. Everyone can be, but like I have never witnessed a professor being like verbally berating a student like this in front of the entire class. No. And like for their entertainment, like it's really next level. Yeah. Um, Gabriel in the movie has this little Italian accent. Gabriel. It's not little. Well, I mean, a pretty, this pretty actor, prominent. The actor is Italian. He is I Italian. don't remember what his name is, but the actor is Italian. And, and he's, he's like a model and you can tell. Oh, right. Um, yeah. <laughs> in the book, he doesn't actually have an accent, but for some reason, even though he's from Italy and he has his Italian accent, he sounds like Tommy Wiseau in the room. Oh my God. <laughs> and you're like, why does he sound like the Italian that I think he should sound like? I don't know. I don't have any knowledge about it, so I'm sure we just don't know. Okay, yeah, his name's Giulio Berruti. Um, so he has he's definitely an Italian actor, but yeah, it's just there it takes away from some stuff, I think, because he probably struggles a little bit with the language. Could be. I don't know, but um, you know, his English is very clear. It's just this little accent that like I don't know why it irks me so <laughs> throws much. me off so much. Um and so anyway, so he's being a jerk. Julia is, this is where, you know, cue her little doe-eyed sad look starts. And I really have to credit the actress with her ability to look sad, (laughs) like kind of (laughs) pathetic all the time. Okay, but Um, I have a bone to pick with the makeup department in these films because as a fellow, so she's very fair skinned and as a fellow like translucent (laughs) pale human, I know how to, yeah, I know how to put some blush on and a little <laughs> bit of bronzer and they do her dirty in they this do. they don't do anything for her they make her look 
as plain as possible. And I'm sure that it's supposed to be, again, another one of those stupid things like Twilight and Fifty Shades of Grey where they're Mm. like, oh, she's so plain. She doesn't think she's pretty and blah, blah. But all these men are like obsessed with her. Well, I think a big part of it is the fact that the actress is like 37 and the character is 23. Yeah, she's 23 or 24 because she's doing her graduate, right? Yeah, Yeah, she's doing her master's. My God, yeah, no, she wouldn't be over 25. It's not possible. Well, in the book, she is 23. Oh, Um, there you go. Yeah, so... Anyway, so Gabriel's berating her. She's looking really sad, and you're kind of like, all right, well, you know, she's a student. She's sad. And then she's got um, this guy, Paul, sitting next to her who obviously has a crush on her. Yeah. He writes a little note to her to say that, you know, Professor Emerson, that's Gabriel's last name, is an ass. And so she has a good... A loud little, a little chuckle giggle about, about that this. like a very high school yeah, type of situation <laughs> it was and um and then of course gabriel like loses his shit and he's like come yeah and he's in my just office like, after is there this. something funny come and see me after class yeah. and i'm like okay i pr- professors don't have time for this no. fucking bullshit and they don't care they would just kick her out of the no. class and say don't i guess because it's i guess because it's dante focused literature it's very niche and there's no like I don't even know how to describe this. There are like 20 people in this class and I feel like there should be 200. I well, don't know. there's a mix of like masters and PhD students. Yeah, so um, I thought there'd be like 150 people in this class. Well, again, it's I very I know, it's specific. Italian Dante-focused like, literature. It's very so specific. Yeah. I don't even know if they would have this level of specificity. I'm not they, sure. They could. Yeah. But I don't... Uh, anyway, we're digressing. So um, much. The hilarious part of this is if anybody's... Um, actually read the Divine Comedy by Dante. Yeah. It's not a romantic story. It's not meant to be romantic. Yeah, all uh, of this all <laughs> of this alludes to the relationship between Dante Alighieri and Beatrice, who he was, you know... His muse. His muse, basically. Who he met when she was like 12 or 13. Or yeah. Was, like, she was really young. Yeah, and he grossly fell in love with her. I mean, consider it was another time, so girls were almost getting married at this age. Right. Um, but she was his muse and like this whole storyline is about how like Gabriel sees himself as Dante and, um, he sees Julia as Beatrice and he has such a high opinion of himself. (sighs) You see yourself as Dante. All right. Okay. There. Um, and, uh, yeah, so there's this storyline going on and, you know, the whole time you're like, that's an interesting take on the divine comedy. That's weird. Even to the point of, you know, when you read the book, they make mention of, um, one of the couples who, um, is seen in Inferno. All right. Um, and so for those of you who haven't read the divine comedy, it's divided into three parts. And so it starts... In hell, which is uh, Inferno. Mm-hmm. Um, which is the most famous part, I think, it of, is. The, of the story itself, I believe. That's right. And uh, Dante is accompanied by uh, the poet Virgil, Virgil, who is his guide uh, through hell, up through uh, purgatory, and then into paradise. And, um, you know, he sees a lot of things as he's going through Inferno. And <laughs> one of them is this couple who are forever caught in an embrace um, and oh, they yeah. are, they will forever be right on the cusp of having an orgasm, but they never quite get there. And so that is their permanent state forever. Um, and I think that the intention is that they were pretty shitty people, which is why this happened to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was something like they, they weren't married or something. When they oh, were they sinned you or whatever. Know, I, I feel like this, this story 
is the story forgets that we're talking about Inferno and it's in hell and people are suffering. It forgets that. Totally. And it just decides to make it sexy. And you're like, it's not sexy. It does. So the reason I've gone on this big spiel about this couple is because they mention them a couple of times in the book and how they were such a loving, romantic relationship. And I'm like, "Eh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not totally convinced about this. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we've gone off on this tangent now, but anyway, Gabriel's being a piece of shit because that's his whole character arc is that he's an asshole and, um, she has to meekly go to his office. Yeah, that's it. And, and then you have the little thing where of course, like, you know, he's like, who can answer the question that we didn't hear in the first place? Mm. And what's her face? Krista. Oh yes. That's his PhD student who wants to marry him. Who wants to fuck him. Like a lot though. Like to the extent that she's a PhD student who always has full makeup, hair and a dress and heels on at U of T. I bake him Can you imagine if you saw somebody who looked like that at U of T, you'd be like, what's happening? What is happening? (laughs) Um, Yeah, she's a pain in the ass. I hate her bangs. (laughs) <laughs> she has like really short square bangs and they remind me of Courtney Cox in Scream 3. <laughs> so bad. Megan has serious beef with these bangs. I've heard nothing but that for like three movies They're now. horrible. It's like they're trying to be Betty Page but it's like in a bad way. It just, yeah. I don't like it. So she goes to his office. He's arguing on the phone with somebody um, who, again, in the book you know that he's arguing with his brother because his adopted mom just died. Yes. So, um, Gabriel was adopted into a family when he was nine, when he was nine, we don't know anything about his backstory. So, so far I'm one and a half books in, we're five movies in here. We have no idea where we this know kid that came for from. some reason he was adopted in the States. He was found in the States and adopted when he was nine years old, but he has a very strong Italian accent. And I don't think in that's the a thing book, not, uh, in the movie, in the book, he's not Italian. No, I all. know, but that's what, yeah. Cause uh, it makes, well, it makes more sense, doesn't well, it? Yeah. He wouldn't have an accent that strong. No, sorry. Um, and so, yeah, so he's arguing, we find out that Grace, his mother died, um, and he has to go to, I think it's Pennsylvania, somewhere in Pennsylvania for, or is that where they live for the funeral? Um, yeah. And Julia overhears him yelling and as afraid as she is, she like scurries out of the office. Yeah. And she leaves a little note for him on a thing that just says like, oh, I'm so sorry because she can hear him having that conversation. Right. Um, In the book, you know that it's because Julia has actually been very close friends with Gabriel's family for her entire life. Yeah. She is best friends with his sister. Well, so... And her... And his mother, Grace, who just died, was like a mother to her. Which we learn almost immediately because then we're suddenly like, okay, wait. And when you... Seriously, I can't even describe how, when you watch the film how little sense it makes if you haven't read the book. Because when she goes back to her apartment... And her dad calls her. He sucks, by the way. Just wait till you get a little bit further into it. Her dad sucks. I hate him. He's yeah. the worst father ever. He is. Um, he's worse in the book. Oh, gross. He, anyway, <laughs> he calls her and he's like, and he calls her to tell her that Grace passed away because they were close. He's letting her know like what's happened, yeah. that she was sick, et cetera, et cetera. And then you start to be like, okay, wait, what the fuck is going on here? Because he says... He's just like, yeah, I was just over at the house to see them. You know, I know how good, you know, like she was like a mom to you and you and Rachel, who's Gabriel's younger sister, were such good friends. And, you know, 
I was just at the house to see everybody and talk to them and Gabriel wasn't there, which was a problem. And you're like, wait a minute, why would Gabriel have been there? Yeah. But then Julia's also looking at a photo of Gabriel at print when I guess when he was at Princeton or something yeah. and he was a bit younger. Yeah. And you're like, why the fuck does she have a picture of him? Yep. It doesn't make sense. You, you have no context. You have no no knowledge <laughs> just going into it. I want people to be She's as confused. Mad. I want people to be as confused as I was when I watched this movie. The first time I was like, what the fuck? What's happening? Like, honest to God, the first time we watched this, I hadn't yet read the book. And um, I don't think I really quite grasped anything that was happening no, you were in like, this what's movie. About? What's it about? <laughs> you know, and you're watching passion flicks. So you're kind of like, all right, well, they're going to start fooking at some point. Yeah, but I thought it know? was going to be easier to understand. <laughs> and it just, it just confounded me more and more, the more, like further you get into it yeah. until you finally get like a flashback later. It's fine. We'll get to we'll it. We'll get there. So um, then Julia, the next day, she goes to school and Paul she's, scares her for Paul, no reason. Oh yeah, she's extremely skittish and they don't explain this in the movie either, but in the book, you know that it's because she's basically been abused her entire life yes. um, by her mother at first and then she was abused by her ex-boyfriend. So again, you can understand why she's mousy and meek and jumps But at when everything. you're watching the film, you she, you know, he comes it. up behind her and he's like, oh hey, and he just taps her shoulder. Like, Paul's not an intimidating person. Well, he's quite tall. He's I, meant to be a farmer from Vermont. Aw. Um, <laughs> but I feel like I like Paul. Overall, I like yeah. Paul. I feel like he's like, it's like a little bit weird and I can't quite get to what they're alluding to potentially I, they're, happen, they're warming up to something with Paul. Interesting. Yeah. I want to understand what that's about. Anyway, but from at least everything we've seen so far, Paul's actually pretty good. And he has nice this to her. He really is and he genuinely likes her. I hate, hate, hate that they kind of fuck his character by having him do this stupid thing where he thinks that she's so skittish so he calls her rabbit because uh. he thinks she's like because he's like oh you're like you know like nervous like a little bunny basically yeah. and, and then he, in and the book he compares her to like the velveteen rabbit like he's got like a weird fetish with yeah her. but it's weird because it's very infantile and I'm like ew 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 ew, ew. <laughs> when I watch it it gives me icky feelings and I don't like it and it's too bad because you kind of ruined the character that way yeah. because Paul's like just a nice Paul's the guy that you're like why why don't you like this one why isn't this the guy that you're interested in because Gabriel I can change him <laughs> with my vagina yeah exactly that is a whole trope that we are gonna get Jeez. on our soapbox about in a moment uh, um, yeah. so she finally okay so she has to go what is it where are we here she has to go Paul sees her says hey he's like oh shit you didn't go to your meeting with Gabriel yesterday that's fucked he's gonna kill you yeah and um then this I don't know, one of like the admin assistants or someone Maybe at the, the assistant to like the registrar or something. I don't know. She calls over to Julia and says, oh, by the way, um, Gabriel's asked me to like book a meeting with you. And this is very rare because, and this is what she says, um, professors normally don't ask me to oh, do this. Oh yes, they this. like to book their own, but he sent me, he told me it was very urgent. Yeah, um, yeah so, she's very weird about it. So then there's this whole montage, again, that they don't explain in the movie where Julia's in her apartment drinking and cleaning. oh yeah just down in half a tequila bottle I was like girl she's so small I was like she's gonna have to go to the hospital and so you're like why is she cleaning and drinking and like just downing like that's it this big bottle like most of this big bottle of tequila I was like first of all she's very tiny she yeah. could not do that and then I think of you and I'm like if Shireen had three sips of this she'd be on the floor if I had three sips of it I'd be on the floor it's yeah, tequila it's tequila and so um but in the 
the book, you understand it's because Julia, in her mind, has accepted that she's going to be thrown out of the university. Oh, right, because she has she's, to meet with him or whatever. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. she's not going to meet her dreams of becoming a PhD student at Harvard. Like, there's this whole thing. But anyway, in the movie, it's this hilarious montage where you have no idea what's happening I once again. I want to understand what her end goal is with that, too. I'm always curious when people get so incredibly focused with degrees, like, in literature and things like that, like something like Dante-focused literature. Do you want to teach? Do you want to study or do research? about it i think she wants to be like a dante professor weird she would be a terrible teacher she can't talk to anyone without looking at the floor right well i don't know i assume book four is gonna be like you know in 50 shades of gray where anastasia suddenly becomes her own woman i need to no they're gonna have a i have a prediction that they're gonna have a baby by the end of the fourth book hundo p yeah anyways (laughs) (laughs) so anyway um she goes and meets with Gabriel the next day. Oh She's my got God. all of her bags packed this at her apartment. scene, <laughs> when she goes into his office, I mean, he's a big fat ball of dicks just the whole time. <laughs> he's the worst. And he's just like, are you going to come in and sit down, blah, blah, blah. And he gets all intense. And then she like, she goes over to one corner of the room on like the, the really uncomfortable chair that's there. He's like, I'm not going to crane my neck to see you move over. So she starts to move and she, uh, she drops all her stuff out of her bag on the floor. Why are they always so fucking clumsy? I'm clumsy. I knock into things all the time. You are clumsy. I drop shit. It's fine. <laughs> I drop shit. I drop shit every day. There's nothing endearing about it it's just fucking annoying all I wind up with are bruises and irritation and I can confirm that my kid is very close the amount of time she's dropped things in my house anyway um, so so she drops all of her stuff and in the book so she's got this really old um knapsack it's really not that bad it's in the not movie, that by bad the way. But in the book it's quite old and I think she it's one of these that she has like a a lifetime guarantee and she can just get a brand oh, new one oh she says that later time. doesn't she and I was like who, I don't who cares this is such a weird plot such point a, like I know but in the book it keeps coming back he calls it the abomination I like, saw <laughs> anyway I love how I can, they're so funny I love that in the movie like we want to be really clear about where we are so it has a little Canadian flag on. I know <laughs> and I'm like can you imagine a student walking around in Toronto with a Canadian flag on their bag people would make fun of them well not because of what they're not from Canada yeah that's it. We'd be like, oh, you're just visiting, aren't you're you? Just, you're not from here. <laughs> yes, but serious. thanks, eh? She doesn't even go here. <laughs> so she goes through this meeting. Oh, and in the book, um, every time she drops something on the ground, she like gets on her knees immediately to start like scooping it up. And Ew. I can't remember at Ew, what I hate point. that so much. I can't remember at what point it is in the book, whether it's like the second or third time that she does this, Gabriel says to her, you're on your knees more than a common whore. Oh my god. <laughs> they don't show in the movie. <laughs> I wish they um, done that. <laughs> it's like a whole thing in the book because she just fucking loses it with him. And it's the only time that she has any backbone. Yeah, that's it. Because he's just like, you know, because right now, like, it's just because he's just there and he's like, he's like, what are you, are you like too stupid to answer me? And she's like, I beg your pardon, professor. But yeah. it's her like, it's like a very toothless attempt at <laughs> having a backbone. And he's just, and it's so funny because the rest of it, she just sits there and he's like, this isn't going to work. You're basically he's just like you're annoying yeah so because you're annoying I can't work with you and you need to change your thesis topic and work with someone else I was like what yeah so that happens and then they leave the office and I believe it's at this moment that his sister who's 
<laughs> who looks like she's like in no, her it's later. Is it later? They have to go do their dinner thing first. Oh, that's right. That's right. So, so she's, she's walking she's home. Sadly, and, walking home, and then like it starts raining. Rat. She's it's raining, and he's in his <laughs> Tesla because of course he is. Oh right, my no. God! Because of Tosca Musk, I totally yes, forgot about exactly. that. Wow, I'm an idiot. I just put that together now. Yeah. So then he's driving. He sees her all covered in you know rain because it's it's raining. Whatever. Yeah, it's but boring. she's she just makes it look so much more pathetic than it is. It's just annoying. You got caught in the rain on the yeah. way home buff whatever but she's you'll like get hugging her backpack and yeah, like she's crying like, she's like you know that emo meme where it's like i like to cry in the rain because oh nobody God. knows that i'm crying <laughs> yeah that's true it is like that and, and, and so, so he then, like pulls yeah. over and he's like he's like you're gonna get pneumonia and die and that's all he ever says to her in the book by the way like he's always like you're gonna get pneumonia and die and you're like why does she have pneumonia so yeah. often so he gives her a ride home and they have like an awkward whatever in the car oh, yeah. she's like oh i'm up here and he's like i know where it is and then he drops her off and he's like and you know most of us at this point if our professor had been this much of a fucking asshole to us if he dropped us off and then he's like wait because he goes to get an umbrella to walk her to the door I would have been like no thanks I'm good and walk to to the the door door. she can't even use her own fucking keys when she gets there she drops them she's so pathetic and then she finally gets the door open and his response is why do you live here (laughs) because it's like a teeny tiny little he's so if anybody ever talks talked about an apartment that I lived in that way I would kick them out he makes four different comments about like you live in a shithole basically and like he's just there and he's like I can't believe that you live here how do you function how do you make food why don't you live um like at like the grad student residences or whatever the fuck it is and stuff like that and he makes so many can you imagine if somebody was like that you'd really get the fuck out get out you'd be so mad um and so he he does that and um and then he says <laughs> he leaves and then he knocks on the door and he comes back and oh. he goes, When was the last time you had steak? And she's like, It's been a while. Oh my god, and right? Then it was he's asking this her what she's made what she like eats, and she's like, Yeah, I have the hot plate and I can make couscous and something yeah. else all the time. Couscous is very nutritious. Yeah, that's Such what she said. Line. It's so dumb. And so he's like, When was the last time you had steak? And she's like, It's been a while. And like, um, you know, shout out to my husband who was watching this with us, and at this point goes, Your steak levels are low. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He got really invested in this film. <laughs> you you can't help it. And so so then Gabriel takes her to like this fancy steakhouse. But even he though does. he's like, oh. I'm not supposed to be fraternizing. But he with my does students. the thing where he everything is forced. He's just like, I'm starving and you're joining me for dinner. Yeah. Okay. Like it's like the okay. beast in Beauty and the Beast. Like, where's Lumiere to be like yeah. maybe you need to, to be to like, use you some need to, you need manners. to be subtle. You need to like romance. Like do something. <laughs> <laughs> you need to romance. <laughs> no, no. You will join me for dinner. Yeah. Um, yes. Oh, my God. It reminded yeah, me of exactly. that. It's true. Yeah, that's it. And she's just like, why the... F-? And she actually, for once, is like, why the fuck would I do that? And then, yeah. of course, because he saw the note that had, like, Emerson's an ass on it, he's like, oh, because Emerson's an ass, but at least he knows it. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and she thinks it's charming. She smiles. I know. So she goes with him, and they have this whole, like, evening out, which is nice um, for her, I guess, if you like that kind of thing. So they have steak. Oh, yeah. He goes, I would like to order your two largest filet mignons, please. And I'm like sitting there thinking, if you knew how to order steak, you wouldn't order the filet mignon. No, you'd order like a rib steak. Yeah, exactly. Something like a strip wine. Like totally. it would be something different. And then he orders like how to, to have it cooked as well. He's like medium rare. And I'm sitting there thinking, bitch, I would like to choose my own cook 
like yeah, but how I want it cooked. It's you know? all part of the control thing, right? That he's I just know. there and he's like, oh no, I'm I'm gonna order it. And I'm gonna order it properly. Yeah. You know, I mean, like she's already like she's of course charmed the man who runs this restaurant because of course she speaks Italian. She's mm. studying Italian literature, mm. and this man is very charmed with her. And Gabriel's like surprised that she speaks Italian. I'm like, she's doing her master's in Dante focused literature. Don't you think she speaks Italian? And she's also done like two semesters abroad in Florence. Man, what a Um, stupid plot point. Anyway. So yeah, like Gabriel's like constantly amazed that this person has a brain, which really pisses me off because I'm like, is it because she's a woman or is it because like you think that you're better than everyone? Oh, it's, I think it's the second one to be fair, but yeah, there, there are shades of, there is a lot of misogyny. Um, and so they go back to her apartment and when is it? Is it the next day that his sister comes bounding through the hallways? I think so. Yeah. Because they, they have their dinner and then it kind of abruptly cuts to the next day. She's just sort of there. Cause she had written to the sister, Rachel to yes. say how sorry she was, of course, about her mom passing away. Right. Um, and then, yeah, she like gets to the university and Rachel's like coming down the stairs and she's like, Oh my God, Julia, Ma, we were this best friends. Best friend. Yeah. And like it's really funny to me because like the actress looks like she's in her late twenties, early thirties, and like you would not skip as much as this person does. No, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, she is in public. she has like a very funny little like sort of childish way of acting that I'm yeah. sure they've told her to do, but I'm yeah. like, that's weird. That's not something that would happen. Uh but she's my favorite character. Oh, by yeah, the way. she's wonderful. She calls Gabriel out on his shit all yeah, the time. And she's the only one who I feel has normal reactions yeah. to things. That's right. At least mostly. Sometimes they're a little bit strange, but it's just because of the I think it's because of the script and not because of her character. No. Um, and so then she invites Julia over for dinner and she's like, Gabriel, like this was my best friend growing up. You and know Julia. And he's shocked. standing there going like, I don't know who this so is. So again, when you haven't read the book, you're like, wait, what the fuck? How does he not remember this? If this was his little sister, his best friend, yeah. how does he not remember that this girl was like at their place and whatever? And of course you get all this weird context later. Well, I, you don't even we'll get that much context that later. later. Shireen got context <laughs> out of it because she read it. I read the book. So we'll get there in a second. So. Uh, she invites her over to dinner and then you know they're at his place and then he's like showing off all of his stuff yeah he has some sort of I hate people who do this like he's just like come come over to my my house and look at my stuff like who does that oh my god I wrote down in my notes I have that Gabriel's like his Dante study room whatever there where he has all his like first editions and stuff is like um uh, what's his face? Christian Gray's Red Room of Pain. Oh my God, it's his pain room. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> it's like less impressive. There's no sex toys. There's no rack in there. It's just Dante. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so then Rachel, who is the only reasonable character, comes out and goes, "Stop showing her your stuff." Oh Come my God, she's so here. funny. And you're like, "Yes, thank you." <laughs> she's like, "Stop showing her like your like uppity bullshit, basically." <laughs> yeah. And come and can we just like not look at stupid Dante stuff? She's yeah. probably tired of hearing about it too. So then they go. She makes dinner and she goes, "I'm making couscous." and of course Julia does an actual spit take she actually spits out her wine all over Gabriel's <laughs> white shirt <laughs> and him. in the book he's quite pissed off about this because he really did like that shirt I mean I mentioned. kind of understand that if some I that uh, spit takes are only something that happens in film even right. in books that doesn't make any sense no. nobody does a spit take no, no one have you ever done a spit take in real life no you don't spit like liquid all the way out of your mouth if anything it would come out of your nose because you're trying totally. not to spit you would hold it in <laughs> As much as possible. And so she does this. She drops the glass. And once again, she's on her knees picking it up. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And she just bends down to pick it all up with her hands. Yeah. And then she I, cuts all of her hands So I open. actually understood. This was like his one reaction that he was like, Jesus, stop. Yeah. 
So he cleans it up. He changes his shirt. You know, like you obviously know that things are getting spicy, but they're not really they're that not. spicy. They're so um, unimpressively spicy. And so like whatever, like that happens. I don't really know what happens for a little while here. I Fast guess, forward to. I guess they have dinner or whatever. And then. And then like a couple of days later, like Rachel is like, oh, let's right. go clubbing. Right, right, right. But they have, because him and his sister have that really stilted, awkward conversation where she's like, stop being mean to her. She's been broken. And when you have no background you're like what the fuck are we talking about yeah and you know she also says like you know you have to treat her well treat her like a treasure and you know you can't help but kind of be like oh he doesn't have to treat her like anything she's his fucking student like that would be weird but of course I say that but he completely he's such a contradiction because he completely disregards all of his initial speakings about that where he's just kind of like he's like no okay we shouldn't be doing this because I'm your professor and telling his sister no it's really inappropriate and blah 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 and then immediately is like let's go to dinner oh yes my sister's going clubbing with me so yes you should let's definitely come go. as well yeah. like uh. so he's like oh yeah that that was it Rachel's like I want to go clubbing and he's like bring Julia and here's my credit card to go buy something nice for her is he the one who tells her to bring Julia or does she just want to bring Julia I can't remember it oh whatever really it's fine um and so the sister buys a dress and some supposedly expensive <laughs> shoes fake Louboutins fake that they just Louboutins painted red they on the put bottom in some like sparkly box and I'm like oh god they just painted the bottom they red. painted the bottom red yeah. um and then they buy her this dress that is not a dress you would wear to go clubbing they yeah it's like a cute like wedding guest yeah like dress. an easter morning dress yeah the only one who looks like they should be clubbing is rachel she's got like a like a black like wrap dress on and she looks cute like she like looks like she's strap. anyway it doesn't matter it doesn't matter <laughs> but she looks like she's supposed to be there yeah, yeah julia looks weird and out of place because she has this like little like fit and flare little purple dress yeah. on and gabriel has like a, a whole last suit on yeah which you know outside of like really specific scenarios i've never seen a guy at a club dressed like that not really not really um and then in the book what makes me laugh is when they go to this club um julia goes out and she's dancing with some guy who's like grinding up on her and he gives her his business oh card and this made me die of laughter because it was like his business card said that he was some sort of like executive in investment banking <laughs> And he's got an MBA and like I have an MBA and I'm like, I'm definitely not an executive in this in is investment okay. banking. And like the guy's like 30. I'm like, mm. this is funny to people. because This is really extra funny to Shireen because she works in the banking system and yeah. she has an MBA yeah. <laughs> and she's 31. Yeah. So it's just like unrealistic, completely yeah. unrealistic. But they put this in the book and I'm just like, okay then. Um, and so once again, you know, the author, I'm like, do you know anything in my life? Um, no, so- <laughs> no, they just made up what they thought would make sense. Also, I love that it's like like BMO because we're in oh, yeah, Canada. So yeah. Um, and so anyway, so that happens, and then Gabriel starts getting really jealous, and he's like, no, 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 you can't All touch her. All kinds of jelly. All kinds of jelly, and. Um, then he goes up to the DJ because he's had a few drinks, like very pretentious drinks. And he goes up to the DJ and oh, yeah, pays was... the DJ to play a slow Italian song. And it's all about Besame I... Mucho. Isn't it Spanish? Oh, is it Spanish? I think That's so. Right. Besame yes, Mucho sounds Spanish that to is me. Spanish. Um, and they, to their credit, they actually replicated, they created the song for the movie. It's terrible, though. It's terrible, but they did it's it. It's like a very English person, like myself, trying to sing in Spanish, basically. Totally. It sounds really bad. Um, yeah. Oh, right, because he's upset, of course, because she's gone over, like, she's wandered over by the door and stuff, and the doorman, Ethan? Yeah. 
is this really like nice guy who just comes back in a couple of scenes basically but he asks her if she can help him out because his girlfriend's Italian and he's trying to text her something in like Italian to just like impress her or whatever Um, and she's like oh yeah of course sure so she's helping him out and of course Gabriel sees this and of course automatically assumes she's like giving this guy her number or whatever so he freaks out and shoves her up against a wall yeah in a sexy way I guess no it's It's assault it's supposed to be sexy it's assault And then they have their Besame Mucho dance, um, and then they go home. Um, so that happens. Meanwhile, um, Julia's relationship with Paul is kind of... Yeah, like she's kind of gone out with him a little yeah. bit and stuff. She and... gave him a quick kiss in a oh my God, it was so coffee shop where Gabriel promptly shows up and starts berating Krista in front of everybody. Because she's being a bitch. Yeah, that, like, that, I hate, like I hate of... that too that she has no Krista has no characteristic beyond yeah. being a bitch like can't she be a human being as well <laughs> no she's just a bitch Ugh, I hate that um and so that happens and then um I don't even know like there's just a bunch of other oh it's incidents like a bunch of... in the movie where like, yeah, like Gabriel and Julia scenes. end up together alone where he's like I shouldn't be doing this anyway oh, right. meanwhile she... there's flashbacks yeah happening. doesn't she like isn't she like at his place or whatever and they're like gonna have dinner they're gonna do whatever and Rachel's there but then she has like they have a weird conversation her and Gabriel Julia and Gabriel and then Julia has her flashback to six years prior right. which is where we start to really get an explanation about this of the garbage that this is so yeah. she has this flashback flashback of when she was 17 years old she had been invited over to the house by grace who was gabriel's mother Mm -hmm. uh, who passed away and um she gets julia gets to the house and rachel is crying she's with her at her time boyfriend she's now engaged. oh yeah like now fiance kind of thing yeah and he's trying to console her um (laughs) there's like shit broken all over the floor and julia's like what happened what happened so apparently Gabriel got home, he beat up his brother, shoved him through a glass table. Um, I think he shoved his dad as well, and then his dad went to the hospital with his brother to make sure he was okay. Yeah, this is pretty traumatic. Yeah, this explains a-, a lot about some things, because there are things like, when once we get to the other movies eventually, there is there are some things that I'm like, okay, this explains a lot about other people's reactions to Gabriel, who, ha- who knew him when he was like a supposed really intense drug addict, which was at this time. Yeah, like side note, they don't explain any of this in the movie. No, you have no None. idea. You until, have no idea what's yeah, happening. Until you- <laughs> literally later. I think it's in the, only in the next movie. Or the is it the next movie? Or the yeah, next because one? he has to explain why. Right. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so she shows up. She's like, what the fuck? And then she goes in the back to see Gabriel, who has this like little emo floppy hair. Oh my God. Point. I wanted him to like, keep it he's forever. Like, he's like the OG like skater boy looking, but he's also like still like 30 in the scene. So he it's looked really like he, funny. He looked like he should have been like jamming with Fallout Boy or totally. something. Totally. Like, he's got like his t-shirt on with like his long sleeve shirt underneath. Yeah. Um, And of course, like Julia has been harboring a crush for him for years and this is the first time she gets to meet him which I hate so so much as well because like he's a mess and you learn immediately upon her arrival that he's caused all of this he literally sent his brother to the hospital and she's like I'm gonna go make sure he's okay I'm gonna go make sure he's okay I'm like are you kidding me your best friend just ran off like crying with her boyfriend because she's miserable but so Julia goes to console Gabriel for some odd reason because she's Gabriel looks over at her and like offers her a beer 
her. She takes the beer, which was odd. And then he starts calling her Beatrice. Yeah, he says, oh yeah, for for a reason that I can't understand, he's like, you're like Beatrice, like you're Dante's Beatrice. Beatrice. And she's and at the time she was 17 and she was like, who? Like yeah, I had she no, had idea. no idea. She was still in like high school. She had no idea who he was talking about. Yes, yeah, so and then he takes her hand and he takes her to this or, 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 orchard. Orchard. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. An orchid. Like, that's not right. <laughs> there were no orchids in there that orchard. There were no orchids in the orchard. No. It was an apple orchard. It's an orchard. apple orchard. Um, and like the whole time he's being really creepy because he's oh, like, my God. have you ever held a boy's hand before? And she's like, no. And he's like, I'm glad I'm your first. The number of times he <laughs> says, I'm glad I'm your first, I wanted to punch him in yeah. the face. And then he like kisses her and he's like, I'm glad I'm your first. And like, you have to remember like this guy's like, like he would have been like in his mid twenties, right? Oh, well, I think he was like twenty. Well, he's ten years older than her. Yeah, so he holy sh- twenty seven. Like, oh. yeah, it is. I think in the book he's thirty two and she's twenty three. So he's nine years older. Oh my than her. god! So he would be like twenty six at this point. And she's seventeen. Oh, I um, hate that. So they they have this. Oh yeah, and then he's like, "Have you ever slept under the stars with a boy?" And she's, she's like, like no. "No," and he's like, "I'm glad." <laughs> so so then they like sleep (laughs) under the stars and the next morning she wakes up and he's not there anymore um and so she goes so this i know from the book and it gives a little bit more context but in the movie all we see is that she wakes up gabriel's not there anymore and she's like boo hoo 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 and then she never sees him again until she enters his lecture. Oh, right. Yeah, because she like runs. Later. She runs off because she's like, he left me he here. Left me. And she dips. Um, and so, and then he doesn't recognize her six years later. And then he doesn't know that this is his <laughs> uh, sister's friend. Like, so all of this is happening and you're watching the movie going, what the fuck? What the fuck? And the only feasible explanation if you haven't read the book is that he must be a vampire like he must have become a vampire in yeah. those six years and this is what's happened but that's not what happened no what actually happened was that gabriel woke up he had to go pee i swear to god no really he went and wandered too far and <laughs> we don't tree. even learn this until the second movie so we're <laughs> even like giving you extra knowledge yeah and then um what's her face woke up julia woke up he wasn't there so she got really upset and she went running back towards the house but she got lost in the woods on her way back to the house and then became really afraid of everything and meanwhile gabriel was like oh thank god i've relieved myself by this tree goes back to find his beatrice and she's not there so he's like oh well fuck i was so off my face on cocaine that i must have imagined her i don't think that's how cocaine works i don't i I wouldn't know i mean i don't know but i it's just i don't think it's a hallucinogen so i don't know why you would believe that you imagined someone into existence like an entire conversation i don't know so he he thought he imagined her but their fucking conversation in the orchard is just so (laughs) (laughs) oh god it's so fucking cringy just his whole thing where you know because he keeps saying they're you know they're lying down together on a blanket in the orchard and you're like i mean like if this were any other movie or any other circumstance it'd be cute but it's just fucking weird right now and he like you know they're chatting and then they kiss and he's like and he keeps saying he has to like go away like tomorrow he's leaving and you don't understand what it is you only get context way way later (laughs) or Um, in the book you find out that it's because he went to rehab yeah i know but i think you you might get it but you only get it in the in the movies like much later it's because they split it into three anyway right. you probably get it in the same book anyway so anyway so that's her little flashback yeah um, and so- but he's just so like 
melodramatic. Mm. Like his whole conversation where he's just like, he's like, yes, I'm, I have to go, but I hope that, you know, one day you'll be able to find me, look for me in, in hell. hell. And he's crying for some reason. Ugh, and then they kiss so and cringe. she's crying. And I'm it's like, so oh cringe. God, I hate this. Yeah. So then like that was our little flashback. Um, and then there's a few more scenes in the movie that don't really matter with Gabriel and Julia and like. Oh, right. Until, of course, she's walking home right she's walking home and she's walking past this club that she had been in with gabriel and the doorman ethan flags her over and says he's super drunk i can't cut him off because he's gonna cause a scene um i need you to help me get him in a taxi and she's like there in like her sweats with her little smoothie with her walking (laughs) she's just chilling she's just on her way home so she's like i mean okay so she goes in there and of course gabriel's shwasty pants at the bar (laughs) with that uh, bitch crystal peterson krista Oh, whatever. Um, <laughs> who's, you know, just there with him because she's definitely trying to have sex with him. I, yeah. Considering how drunk he is, I don't think he would have been able to anyway, mm-hmm. but I digress. Um, <laughs> so, of course, she's like, oh, Jesus Christ, how are we going to get this to work? So her and Ethan concoct this very quick, pretty clever plan with the one of the waitresses where they just get the waitress to walk by and accidentally, quote unquote, spill a drink on Krista. So she has to get up and leave. Yeah. Um, and then she, you know, she does julia manages to coax gabriel outside of the club they try to put him in a cab and then she's like okay great i'm gonna walk home and he's like okay i have time for another drink so of course she has to get in the cab with him even though she does not she could have shoved him in there closed the door it would have been fine so anyway of course she has to go home with him and try and help him it's also so funny (laughs) because she's really short and he this actor is fucking tall i don't know how tall he is but he must be like six three or six four oh definitely because i think i looked up her height and i'm pretty sure she is tall than me I'm five feet tall just for everyone's reference but I think she's like maybe five two or something yeah. she's also not very tall at no, all she's not very tall um and so she's trying to hold him up but it's like she's I don't know trying how she to could. like help a bookcase get yeah home, I don't you know, know how she it's it's <laughs> funny it's almost comical like yeah. the size difference between yeah. them it gets a little bit goofy at some yeah. point but it's just it would kind of be like you if your husband were yeah. like falling over to this extent you yeah. wouldn't be able to do anything with him or he's six <laughs> two no. so yeah, I don't know I think he tried to do that to me once and I just left him there yeah <laughs> I would have been like, like no nothing I can do about this <laughs> I can't do anything you're on your own mate I had there was like one specific time with my fiance where he was really not feeling well he'd gotten really lightheaded we mm. were like out somewhere and I, and he thought he was gonna pass out yeah. and I was kind of supporting his weight just to get him somewhere to sit down on a bench yeah. um if he had actually gone down I wouldn't have been able <laughs> to manage him. oh forget it he's only he's six feet tall and I'm five four but yeah. I still wouldn't have been able to manage yeah no five foot and six foot two it wasn't happening it doesn't work we digress um so she helps him into his apartment and then he looks at her and he goes Beatrice you found me and of course she's like oh my god he recognizes me oh yeah yeah well we've skipped the part where of course he okay so he's like he's she's like okay we've got to get you into bed and he's like tee hee heeing about it and then she's like no idiot we got to get you into bed by yourself so you can sleep this off and he's just like and he's really uncomfortable because then he's he like kind of she like backs into a wall because she's trying to steady him and he's like leaning over her and he's just like kiss me and I'll go to bed and she's like and her response freaks me out because she's like please don't hurt me and I'm like oh my god there's like so much going on here and so they kiss which is weird and then he realizes that she's Beatrice right after he throws up all over everybody (laughs) himself and her yeah all over them so she has to like put his clothes in the wash puts him in bed and then she's like oh my god he recognizes me so she's all happy yeah she falls asleep in his arms um and then they wake she 
she wakes up the next morning. She's super happy. She goes skipping into the kitchen to, to make like make him breakfast and stuff. And like side note, he's got the fanciest fucking apartment. Like it's also no just every man would live there. Yeah, because she like you know like she's you know nice enough to like go put both of their clothes into the washing machine and stuff overnight. And when she that's <laughs> what I noticed, she goes into his laundry room and he's got his like. Tide Pods, like, organized out. Like, not in a Tide Pods bag. They're in, like, a little glass yeah. container. I'm not and even he's that got, organized. And he's got wool dryer balls and, like, a little wicker basket yeah. and stuff. I'm like, okay, this is not a straight man's apartment. <laughs> no. I don't believe that. Yeah. Um, and then in his kitchen the next morning, like, his orange juice is in, like, a glass jug. Yes, it's it's not in, like, an orange juice container or no. bottle. It's fully separated. I'm like, D- he does not do he this does himself. Not do Either this. that or he pays, a, like, a cleaning person totally. who also runs his errands totally. and does this for him at the same time. So she starts making him breakfast. She writes him this very, like, lovey-dovey note about how happy she is that he's finally recognized her, blah, blah, blah. And she, like, signs it, your Beatrice yeah. or whatever. She puts it in the fridge and then she's st- about to make eggs when oh, right. he wakes up in his little tidy whities and he's like what the fuck are you doing here who are you no he knows who she no. is but, but he's, he's like, like why <laughs> why are you wearing my clothes because she yeah. like put on like his t-shirt and i think a yeah. pair of his boxers because her stuff was in the washing machine yeah. and so and this was the only time that she actually had a little bit of personality because she starts losing her shit. yeah because he wakes up and again has decided to forget who she fucking yeah. and she's, is she's at the end of her rope with this so she's like you know what fuck you i would so i would have been at the end of my rope at the beginning of oh, this totally. movie and so she goes she gets her clothes she leaves and then he sees the note and he's like why did you write this and then he's like oh my god Beatrice and then there's this whole scene that's exactly like 50 shades of grey where he's running towards her in the elevator elevator, and then he and then she's like you told me to look for you in hell well that's where you that's where I found you and you can stay there for all I care and he's like Beatrice, Beatrice, wait. And then the doors close and the last line of the movie is just her looking all pissed going, I'm not your Beatrice anymore. And then cut to black and credits. Thank God. um, Because this movie is fucking absurd. God. Well, if you think the movie's absurd, the book... You know what? The book was better, people. <laughs> I don't even think we need. You know what? That I can't even do that for these because it's no. just it. I everything's garbage. It is all garbage. Um, um, yeah, it was so. It's so much, and I just. I wish. I feel like you know what? People have kind of heard a little bit about it now. But if you do decide to watch the movie, I want you to go into it blind without the book because there's please. something funnier about you being like, "Holy shit, this makes no sense." Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. And uh, if you want, like, extra laughs about this, um, you should watch uh, Kenny J.D.'s movie, um, video on oh, YouTube. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Kenny J.D. on YouTube, because she was the person who put me onto Passion Flicks in the first place. I had seen her do, like, a review of a different film, mm. um, and I was like, what is this streaming service? And mm. then I kind of fell down the rabbit hole of it and have never looked back because... <laughs> we, we can't get enough. Despite how terrible it is, you know what? It's just, there's so much to talk about, and so, so I much. think it's been worth doing <laughs> So that was our first bonus episode on trash. Um, <laughs> there will probably be several because we've started this series now. So I guess we're just going to have to Keep continue going. with it. Sorry, everybody. And, and I'm happy enough to read trash. So Wow. Yeah. So uh, thanks, guys, so much for tuning in, supporting us, and listening. Um, if you want to let us know, if you've actually seen this film or read these books and you want to let us know, you can do that over on Instagram at fully booked ca you can check out our facebook group as well where we talk about a bunch of different stuff at facebook.com slash groups slash book was way better um so thanks so much guys and keep on reading thanks everyone